Flight 229, you're clear for takeoff. Just like a flight plan, you have to know where you're going and how you will get there when you plan for retirement. Let Ryan Fleming help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Pilot's Advisor. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Ryan Fleming, financial advisor at Fleming Financial Group with an office in Charleston, South Carolina, but as you know, serving clients all across the world. You can find us online at FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. Listen to episodes of the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And Ryan, great to chat with you once again, ready to dive into some great financial topics on today's program. It's good to be here, Walter. How are you doing this week? Well, fantastic and looking forward to our conversation because we're going to talk about the realities of retirement planning on today's show. So we're going to dive into some of the things that may look a little different in the retirement planning world. And we're not just talking about like, okay, this isn't your grandfather's retirement or even your parents' retirement. We're talking about things that maybe even are different than you might have known to be truth in the financial world just a decade ago that have already sort of changed and are maybe different and impacting the way that people are planning for their financial and retirement future. So we'll throw you some of these realities, and Ryan's going to tell us stories on today's podcast about how these have affected people that he's met with, uh, that he's helped train and coach through their financial planning journey, and how we can kind of solve some of these problems and issues that we face. And the first problem I'm going to throw at you, Ryan, is one of those kinds of things that doesn't really sound like a problem. (laughs) That's that people are living a lot longer these days. That should be a good thing, but why is it one of these realities that we kind of have to face from a negative slant in the financial world? Well, I think it's a very scary reality because back when you worked for one company, you did your 30 years and you got a pension that was inflation adjusted. You could live as long as you wanted to, as long as that corporation did not go out of business. You keep waking up, you know, wave out the window and collect your paycheck. Unfortunately, in today's environment, pensions are going away and that is not the reality at all. And I think that most people out there don't realize how much pressure they have to actually personally be disciplined to save enough money so that you don't run out of money in retirement. To make matters worse, if you do run out of money, you're not really in a position to work when you're 75 and have some health issues possibly, maybe even need some long-term care. So you can see where there's a lot of issues at hand here that can really, really create a, a stressful environment for not only the retiree, but maybe that retiree's family. We talk about a mentality shift, and it seems reasonable that that would be a problem for folks because we often will learn things in life from those who come before us. And so it's only natural that we might look to the previous generation and try and do things the way that they did them. Even if we're kind of trying to do it our own way, we're using that as a basis. But the problem, I guess, of people living a lot longer, in addition, like you said, to where things were kind of on autopilot in the past and we just don't necessarily have that luxury anymore is – Also, when people are living a lot longer, they're in retirement longer. So instead of planning for a couple of years, we're planning for a lot of years. And that kind of changes the dynamic a little bit. It definitely does. And, you know, what you're kind of alluding to is that retirement is now a little bit more of an active stage in life. You know, technology, healthcare, you know, people are just a lot healthier, living a lot longer. There's many things that we didn't know, you know, 20 years ago about the food that we eat 
and different exposures, whether it be you know smoke with smoking or stuff that's put in our foods. So as a society, we're trying to be more healthy. And with that, we're living longer and then it creates that problem. And then corporations, of course, you know, with everybody evolving, corporations have realized that they don't not only can't pay pensions out anymore, they don't want to. But I think the newest thing I'm seeing now is is they're starting to not pay people as full-time employees. They're trying to pay them part-time so that they can not pay them benefits, which further creates a, a larger issue for a lot of working people out there in our country. Well, it's interesting, the uh, conversation about, you know, being more active in retirement. The retirement for so long has had sort of this view of uh, sitting on the front porch, sipping sweet tea, right? Like that's sort of this image that I've had of what retirement really looks like. But that's just not the case anymore. My grandparents just got to visit with them recently, and uh, they live in Maine. And every year they do a cross-country trip, and they drive, and they're, they're in their, you know, mid to late 80s now. And they drive all the way out to Arizona. They're snowbirds. Uh, they drive out to Arizona. They go through the through Yellowstone. They go to the Grand Canyon. They go through Texas. They fly down or they zip down to Florida and visit family. Then they come back up through, you know, my neck of the woods and visit family up in Pennsylvania. And then they eventually make their way back to Maine at some point when the snow has thawed out for them and need to get back and do their taxes and all that kind of stuff. But it's amazing that they're in their late 80s and still active, driving all the way across the country on their own. And they went to Waco, Texas and went to the uh, what's the fixer upper, the famous fixer upper couple, Chip and Joanna Gaines. Went out oh, and, yeah, I know that show. Yeah, they went to their restaurant and visited their stores and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they're just uh, amazing. And then my other set of grandparents, they're international travelers. So they're they went to Antarctica and uh, finally visited their seventh continent. They've now been to all seven continents. They're in that same boat. They took a month-long cruise all the way down to Antarctica, and so now they've officially been to every every single continent. It's just amazing that uh, people are just staying that active that long into their lifespans. Now, I'm sure you see the same thing kind of in the in the pilots' world, right? Yeah, and unfort- it's an unfortunate reality that if you're not remaining active, that's kind of when people go if they don't have something to live for. In our industry, I feel really bad when guys don't have a hobby or something to to go into retirement with because of course pilots throughout their career you know they're traveling around the world and I always laugh with my wife because we're planning our next trip or whatever or I get back from a trip and she goes well what do you want to do and the answer is I don't want to do anything I want to sleep in my own bed <laughs> and I want to just relax and so pilots don't have a good track record of living for a lengthy amount of time after retirement and that's another thing that I want to fix, not only being healthy with our financial future, but also it's just a known fact that if you keep working and you keep having a reason to get up in the morning, that you live longer. And that brings up another topic of, you know, there's many people that don't actually have enough money to full up retire, but they're going into their second career just doing some part-time work. And unfortunately, that's actually a new reality with people because they actually need to keep working just from a financial perspective. So you're saying people aren't uh, necessarily quitting cold turkey. It's not the, okay, you you are retired, here's your gold watch, we throw you a little party at lunch, and you're out the door. It's a little bit different. It's more of a phase-out, or I'm going to drop to part-time for several years, and so I'm semi-retired, I guess, is more common these days than it used to be? Yeah, that's a new trend. The numbers are going up, and for many other industries, it might be you know part-time work at home or being you know a consultant for an industry that they might have been in for 30 or 40 years. And what I try to tell my pilot clients is, you know, many of them are financially ready to retire at 60, 
And I kind of tell them, hey, why don't we look into this whole phased retirement? Because we have the ability to bid our trips and maybe you don't fly a full schedule, maybe take you know half the schedule off or maybe even half the year off because you have enough vacation. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Number one, you're still not having to pay healthcare costs because the, the company's still paying for it. Also, you're still contributing to that 401k versus starting to suck off of it or start your pension. And then lastly, when you're working for you know 30 plus years of your life, or let's say 20 plus years of your life, and half the time you're gone from your spouse, and all of a sudden you press a button and then you're home every single day, all the time, <laughs> bottom line is he or she doesn't like you that much. So you really got to ease into that. Oh, that's too funny. So sometimes the quitting cold turkey or, or the lack thereof, I guess in this case, the phase out, sometimes it's the money telling us that we need to do that. Sometimes it's maybe the lifestyle. And then a third way might be the desire. You don't want to walk away from it fully. You'd like to maybe step away a little bit, get a little bit more freedom in your schedule. But at the same time, if you don't have that hobby, you don't have that necessarily uh, you know, drawn out game plan for what you're going to do in that next phase of life, it sounds like an attractive way to maybe not quit cold turkey, phase out a little bit rather than, you know, so that you get that extra time to start deciding what you are going to do with that next phase of life. And I guess that's kind of something that you've impacted uh, before in your life, Ryan. We haven't, uh, we talked a little bit about it in the first edition of the podcast. And those who know you well know this about your background also. But if you're new to the podcast, you know, Ryan kind of has seen. A lot of people go through this, not at the retirement stage, at least not the traditional, you know, 65-year-old retirement stage, but through the football world, playing in college and knowing a lot of NFL players over the years, you've seen folks have to deal with this same mentality and wrestle with that decision of what am I going to do in life after football? And they're in a pretty envious position, I guess, most of the time where they're maybe made a couple of million dollars a few years in the NFL or something like that, Ryan. But still, there's that emotional component of what are you going to do with that next stage of life? Well, and I think that, you know, a lot of people sit at home and they see these NFL players and it's such a, a glamorous thing. They're on TV. Oh my gosh, they must really live the life. And I have, you know, quite a few NFL uh, clients. And the reality is most people that play in the NFL, their life expectancy is less than two years. So say you give up all your other career aspirations to try to play professional football you might be on a practice squad for a couple of years or you hang for three years and make a decent amount of money. But then all of a sudden, you know, you're 25 to 30 years old and you really don't have a career outside of football. And after being so focused on something that, you know, you're so passionate about for most of your life, a lot of people have a very, very hard transition with that, trying to figure out who they are and what's next for them. That's a really good point. So if you're thinking about what's going to be your reality in retirement, have you planned for the fact that you're going to probably live longer than generations that came before you? Are you going to be a lot more active during your lifestyle in retirement? That means you're going to be spending a lot more money likely than just sitting on this, the porch and, you know, sweet tea is not that expensive. So that doesn't take a lot out of your pocket if that's the kind of retirement you're doing. If you're traveling to Antarctica and driving across the country, those come with more expenses. So what kind of stage is going to be your retirement life, an active one or an inactive one? And then, yeah, are you going to quit cold turkey or not? Is that a decision you've wrestled with? And last but not least, you know, we could probably come up with some more realities here, Ryan, but to keep the conversation a reasonable length, one other one I wanted to throw out is a little bit more on the actual money side of things, because really we've talked so much about lifestyle already, but the investing environment that we're facing seems to be more challenging than it used to be. I don't know if that's just 
recency bias? Maybe you have the ability to, as a financial advisor, actually kind of back that statement up. Do you, is that something you agree with? I do. And I think there's a lot of things going on right now in this reality of what, what investors deal with today. And excuse me for saying this, but I think it's the best way to put it out there is I feel like, you know, with media and TV and the internet and all these pop-ups, you know, of advertising, there's so much financial porn out there that they're constantly trying to reach out to people and, and people don't know what truth is anymore. And I try to tell people that if you're watching Fox Business, you're what you know, you're re- reading Money Magazine or you're on Yahoo Finance, whatever it is. They're out there to sell ratings or sell magazines. They're not there to teach you about the academic side of investing because that's not what they're doing. And in the same token, a lot of these big companies out there are spending millions and millions of dollars just to advertise to, to get your money when they really don't care what you do with your money from that point on. They want you to get your money over under their new E-Trader Fidelity account and then you to speculate and gamble with it on your own. So there's a lot of pitfalls out there. And you know, I try to teach my clients about those pitfalls so that they don't make those same mistakes. So that's one aspect of it. Another aspect where I brought up where you're really with the pensions going away, you're really, it's kind of up to you to uh, come up with a, a way to save on your own. You know, obviously our government is very much in debt. So something that's happened more recently is where these 401ks are offering a Roth option and, you know, so now you can pay your tax up front, but then never over the government anything else going forward, which I think is very, very effective because I've seen, you know, historically, let's say the past couple of decades, that everything that someone puts in their 401k is tax deferred. And so they've constantly been kicking the can down the street, deferring their taxes. And it's what we like to call in the industry, the ticking tax time bomb. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you never paid taxes on all this money in your 401k, yes, of course, you'll start to draw off it as you go into retirement. But at 70 and a half, you have the required minimum distributions, the RMDs. And if you don't know what RMDs out there, you might want to look into that because that's when the government comes knocking on your door and they say, hey, we've let you defer these taxes for the past three decades, time to pay up. And I think a lot of people, if they don't plan for that, have a very, very rude awakening on what their taxes are going to look like in their 70s. Well, Ryan, I I know that our mission is to certainly educate on this program and also to take the opportunity to connect you with folks. But before we do that, I did want to just follow up with one thing here. We kind of covered these four realities of retirement planning, living longer, more active retirements are more common these days. Fewer people are just quitting cold turkey. Some are doing more of a phase out or going to part time for a little while before fully retiring or you're retiring to something else, not necessarily retiring from what you're currently doing, and then also that current investing environment being a little bit more challenging than it used to be for retirees. These are some of the important realities that we need to have a grasp of. Now, I know that you meeting with folks in different places all around the country and really all around the world, but also, I'm sure, fellow pilots that you're flying alongside to different destinations, especially on your international trips, you're getting into these kinds of conversations with folks. Just generally, are folks ready for these realities or are they overlooking for them? Are they not prepared for the realities? And then beyond that, how do you help people get ready for these things? Well, you'd be amazed some of the conversations you have when you're stuck in an airplane for 12 plus hours. So I'll start out with that, that some of the conversations are pretty hilarious. But I, I find that I don't think most you know people are thinking about their retirement, but I don't think that they're seeing all the stuff that's actually being put in front of them. They're more reacting to all the stuff that's being thrown at them. It's almost like too much data, too much information. And so 
that information overload causes a lot of people to just kind of shut down on, and not get into preparing for their retirement, to not pay themselves first, to not set up a trust and think about how they're going to pass on money to their heirs and all those other issues that you really need to start thinking about, you know, five, 10, maybe even 15 years prior to you actually retiring. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you, Ryan, and talk about some of these things that we've discussed on the podcast, what's the best way for them to do so? And, and what does a meeting with you look like, knowing that you kind of work with folks all across the world? What can they expect? Well, unfortunately, I think the biggest mistake that people make is inaction and actually not reaching out to get those questions answered. As my grandfather used to say, his name was Paul Ball, and he was a retired state highway patrolman, but he always said, get to getting. And what he meant by that is, you know, you actually have to stand up, wake up every day and go find that, you know, advice or, or go get it. So I just want to reach out to people and tell them that they need to just, if they have those questions, they have those concerns about retirement, don't be afraid. As everybody says, there's no stupid questions and there really isn't. So send that email, call that phone number, and we can start talking about the things that keep you up at night. Absolutely. I'll ask the stupid questions on this show if you need me to. So if you're ever worried about asking a stupid question, go ahead and just ask it to me and then I'll be the one to present it so that you're not afraid. You know, just I'll be happy to fulfill that role, Ryan, if you'll allow me to ask the questions that someone might think is not a smart question or not a good question to ask just to make everybody comfortable. I'll ask the dumb questions to show you that there aren't really stupid questions. We all need help when it comes to this kind of stuff because you're probably not like Ryan. You're flying and you're flying to focus on flying. You're not thinking about all this financial stuff in your head and spending your time researching it and getting that academic approach on all of that. So he's well-versed and researched in all of these things. We aren't. So that's why there aren't any stupid questions. We should ask as many as we can. If you've got any for Ryan, here is the way to get in touch. Whatever's convenient for you, you can call or text Ryan at 843-475-3038. That's 843-475-3038. Or shoot him an email, Ryan at FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. Also the website that you can go check out as well. Listen to past episodes of the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Google or whatever podcast app that you like to use. Or you can listen to the episodes there on the website as well, FlemingFG.com, your place to go. If you check the description of today's episode on your app or on the website, FlemingFG.com, you'll see all that information listed there as well. So it's easy for you to get in touch if you don't have the chance to write it down or do something on it as you're listening to the show at this very moment. Just check the description and you'll see those different ways to get in touch with Ryan. Well, Ryan, thanks for sharing your thoughts on some of these realities of retirement planning. We'll be keeping these things in mind as we go through different topics here on the podcast. Let that be a good foundation and a good basis for you to be thinking about on future episodes. We're living longer. We're more active in retirement. These present challenges that we need to address in our planning. And we'll talk about how to overcome some of those other obstacles on future episodes. Thanks, Ryan. And uh, we'll talk to you on the next edition of the podcast. Thanks a lot, Walter. Take care. Lots of fun. I can give you a little preview of the next podcast. We've uh, got a couple of questions that we're going to debut our first edition of Cockpit Confessions, questions from folks throughout the country and the world about their financial planning matters. If you'd like to submit a question to be featured on a future edition of Cockpit Confessions here on the Pilots Advisor podcast, you can do that by going to the website, FlemingFG.com. So be sure to come back for the next episode when we answer some of your questions. Thanks for joining us for Ryan. I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time back here on the Pilots Advisor.
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.